0: Welcome to another episode of Culture Score. I'm VTN.
1: This is Marcus, everybody.
0: Culture Score is a film and TV review podcast at the intersection of black culture and popular culture. We are the epicenter of culture in the entertainment industry. Today, we're covering the capoffle around the Golden Globes. If you do not know what that is, Marcus is going to get into that in a little bit. You can call the Golden Globes, however... The Weather Channel for the Emmys and the Oscars. At least, that's the positioning that it's kind of obtained of late. It kind of acts like a heat check on what or who wins an Oscar and an Emmy. So, to the issue at hand, what are the issues with the Golden Globe? Is it about race? Is it about diversity? Is it a power struggle? Marcus, break this down for us, please.
1: The golden globes for those of you who do not know it's another award show as if there's not enough for those in the entertainment industry um the golden globes is basically part of the h f p a which stands for hollywood foreign press association um i think it's uh, i think it's 77 years old it's an award ceremony that basically you know supposedly will give out awards to the best in film Uh, for that year in America and internationally. And the whole hubbub has come about because, and it's now being canceled this year um, by NBC, which represents tens and tens of millions of dollars, because it's basically an organization with, I I think it's roughly 87 members of international entertainment uh, journalists. And not one of these journalists are black, not one. And if you do a deep dive, you'll find out. Matter of fact, you don't even have to do a deep dive. You can do a surface level dive, and you'll find out that of these eighty-seven international entertainment journalists, there hasn't been one black member in twenty years. And so that has become a hot button uh, topic, especially in the in a whole time where we're in a movement of Me Too, Time's Up, and so it has been addressed. And we're going to do a deep dive today on what is the real cause. Um, what are some of the effects of it, and uh hopefully get to the root source of why it's happening. And um, hopefully you guys will enjoy taking this journey with us. So we're gonna give you our thoughts on it. Um, and it's gonna be a little different than our usual movie reviews, but it should be no less spicy. So let's jump into it, BT.
0: I think to me, one of the things we should talk about, Mark, is it's really how do we get here? Right. Because right. this is like you said, the Golden Globes, FHBA—it's something that's been around for a very long time. Um, how do we get to this point where we are today? Um, I, I can start and share my thoughts, you know, on that, on that tip, and then we can talk about this. But to me, I think one of the things we have to recognize is that really Hollywood is—is is this sexy celebrity-making looks can be deceiving, but mostly money-losing business, right? And so to really understand. Hollywood and why you births all these hashtags, you have to fundamentally understand the history of the studio system, which I think it's, and w- once we get into this, I, it, this point I'm making here is gonna make more sense, but it's critical to understand, in my opinion, this whole studio system and its history and how we came to be, to understand why an organization like the Golden Globes or the HFBA, H- it's as powerful as it is, right? So traditionally, Hollywood hasn't been clean. You know, it came out from, it developed out of a consolidation of power, control, and influence. So in the past, studios, before it became illegal, studios controlled the entire value chain of uh, movie creation, from creation to distribution to contractually controlling actors and all the creatives within that value chain, right? So. Actors, once actors were locked into one aspect or a contract with a studio, you pretty much couldn't work with another studio. And on top of that, as the studios consolidated, they also forced theatrical distribution to do block bookings from them, right? As they consolidated that power, and I'm trying to explain in my mind how we got here, because I don't think it's as simplistic as being something racial or being something diverse. With the consolidation of that power, came control, like studios had to find a way after they contractually controlled this ex- entire value chain, they had to find a way to make their movies stand out. And you know, how else can you make your movie to gain free advertising and free buzz without going to this award shows, hence the Oscars and the Emmys and the Golden Globes, right? And so the Golden Globes really, in my opinion, became so powerful and extremely flawed, because Mark's probably going to talk into this. If you go dig back into the history of the, the Golden Globes, what's happening now happened in the past multiple times. It's been taken off air before. NBC's taking taken them off air now. It, it seems like, oh, my God, this is something that, uh, you know, it's crazy for them to do that and lose all the money that's tied to it. This is not the first time. So, but the Golden Globes became this way because they were able to get in bed with powerful people. Including Weinstein and the rest of them, right? They were able to get in bed with them to make sure that their movies would, would get recognition and get, you know, free placement and the free buzz by being in this shady relationships with them. That is not a secret to anybody. And by becoming that and aligning themselves with the power structure and the control structure of Hollywood writ large, they became who they are. That, to me, is my opinion of how we got here. Marcus, (laughs) why did that sound? Gus, I know we're going to disagree on a bunch of things here today. No,
1: no, not necessarily. I mean, I don't think we're going to disagree on a lot, but I think it's important for people at at home or in their cars or at their jobs saying, why are we talking about an award show? Because it's just not that different than everything else in society. And we are... Trying to be for you guys, you know, people who do a deep dive and do a lot of research and try to become experts at that, that intersection, that fine line between pop culture and and black culture. And as is the case with so many things, what you see isn't always what you get. Um, the Golden Globe's been around, like I said, almost 80 years. And I think it's really important for people to realize this 80-year history, the almost 90 members of this entertainment journalist club you need to know that these are not film critics. These are some people who may have written one or two articles about the entertainment industry. And they created this award show with Glitz and Glamour and through an NBC contract, which brings in tens of millions of dollars, they've been given validity for a long time. And the reason why that validity was able to be given is because for so long, Hollywood enjoyed the Glitz, the Glamour, the awards, because awards help films make more money. But what does the um, what does the HFPA get out of it? The Hollywood Foreign Press, which is the the entity that runs the Golden Globes. You have a bunch of I'm going to call them fictitious journalists, using that word very lightly. Um, you know, I probably had people in college who worked on my uh, college newspaper with me who are more qualified or who have done more real writing and or be considered more of a journalist than some of these people are. And I know this is going to sound like I'm taking shots. I'm not trying to. I've just, everything that I've read, it's just like, it's a club that these quote unquote journalists have been very heavy handed just so they get an opportunity to hang out with the stars. And that's what they've done. It's like, hey, you want this award? Hang out with me. Take selfies with me. Buy me. Give me trips and you'll get the award. This is literally like having a sporting event that you are, you've you been fixing the score. Whomever pays the most, whoever wines and dines the most, gets the most awards, which the studios up until now have put up with because more awards means greater sales for their films, whether it's DVD sales or putting more butts in seats, and it's critical acclaim. And so this is what has gone on for so long. And I think that's what people don't realize is – That's the real issue here, is that I think Hollywood has decided, and when I say Hollywood, I mean studios, I think that the Hollywood Foreign Press has always been that weird, crazy uncle that you have locked up in the back room. But the studios had to put up with them because they wanted their awards. They wanted to be on television. They wanted their sales of their films to be considered acclaimed. It was also a major stepping stone for them to get Oscars, which is a more highly touted um award ceremony that has like some actual um i guess uh some legitimacy to it so when you win a golden globe it can actually make you a front runner for an Oscar because you're getting that buzz. It's an, another televised award show. So I just and feel like for pres- oh go ahead.
0: No, I was gonna say that's precisely why I called it the weather channel for the Oscars because it's really a harbinger of if you win you know the the Golden Globes it happens right around when they're doing voting for the Oscars. So if you win that, it gives you the buzz and the attention that's needed um, during the voting for the Oscars, right? So that's um, precisely um, why I called it in the beginning the Weather Channel for the Oscars and the Emmys. I, I, I finish your thought, Mark, because I had you as you were talking. I took note of something else that I wanted to um, to bring up.
1: Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it's not so different than than the mafia. I think people like, what? An award show? Like the mafia? <laughs> I mean, the Golden, the Golden Globes was started in 1944. And they were consistently and repeatedly uh, censored by the FCC. And they were kicked off of television twice for basically yeah. get, for being found out that they gave out awards just for favors.
0: for financial favors.
1: or gifts. Yeah, all these types of things. This happened for so many times. It even happened... And I want to give you all the times, but it happened several times. And so it wasn't until, you know, you kind of got to basically the 90s that Hollywood started really uh, solidifying it and taking it seriously. And a lot of that can be thanked to uh, Dick Clark, who most people know from American Bandstand. When he decided to come in with his Dick Clark productions um, and he started getting a contract with NBC in the 90s. That's when it started becoming, um, you know, more of a, a, a respected award show. Up until then, most people considered it a pay-to-play kind of award show. To be yeah. honest with you, now did it change once Dick Clark came? No, but the perception of it changed. Go ahead, BT, jump in.
0: No, I was gonna say you you touched on a couple of things. I want to add the dimension of PR agencies when it comes to how the studios work. So we've only talked about studios. But really, what one of the aspects that brought this to light at this time was really the angle of the PR agencies and what the PR agencies do on behalf of the studios is that they'll lobby and stop for these for actors to be considered for for recognition. And so this really came to a head. One of the dimensions that pushed this to a head were the PR agencies that started kicking their hands up and complaining without acknowledging the fact that they knew the rules and they knew the game, they knew the mafia, like um, Marcus called it, and they played the game until the game didn't want to play them, right? So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it really is that when you think about concentration of power and control, you know, I was thinking about this, I'm probably kind of, you know, tipping my, my hand here for, you know, what I think about this whole issue around the Golden Globes. When you think about concentration of power and control, I don't see how different it is from all of these major leagues and all of these big businesses, right? Coke, Pepsi, NFL, MLB, MLS, NBA, right? Joe, you get folks who go in and they create this high density control power dynamics that benefits them. And I don't blame them for wanting to keep it that way. I don't blame them for wanting to control it. Like who Owns and controls benefit to themselves and multiple generations, you know, with their names and easily give it up. I you don't blame them for that, but I also say, don't kick and scream like this is new. This is not new, and this is not something that just came up. You've always known this. This organization has had this reputation, they've operated the same way forever. I give you credit for wanting to be a part of the change don't become a part of the change by asking for change right they say if you want to if you want change change yourself so <laughs> not not going too far down one of the things that has arisen out of this mark is it's really around this being you know this whole woke and cancel culture thing do you think this is what this is
1: no i i think what what happens so often um a certain few hijack a movement to hide something else it's like when you go to a big city and you see the street performer on the street and he got the three solo cups and he's like which one is the ball in and they move it and you're trying to figure out which one the game is rigged from the start and i think the same thing is true with this like let me let me be clear when i say this the the hollywood foreign press has had a pretty good track record of awarding people of color the awards I don't know. Their their track record may not, may be better than the Oscars. But here's where the issue becomes when you have 20 years where you don't have one black entertainment journalist in over 20 years, and none of the people who are on this board are even what I would, they're loosely, (laughs) they're loosely considered journalists. (laughs) Loosely. You tell me you can't find one of us, two of us, you can't find any. So that's kind of what, it, that's, how, that's how it's been presented. But let me, let me say this. For all these publicists who are now attacking the Hollywood foreign press, please get off of your high horse. Do not pretend that for the last 20 some odd years that you didn't recognize there was no black people in this room. So you trying to tell me there's 90 people in this room and they all look alike and you don't see one black, one brown in there. And this is all of a sudden a mystery to you? No, this isn't about woke culture. This is not this. This is not the instance. What this is about, this whole thing that's been blowing up in the news about this, this award show, is that the studios have been tired of being bullied by these, these, the, the crazy uncle that you keep in the back room that you don't let come out and see company because he might embarrass you. They're tired of them. They're tired of them holding them hostage for these awards. They're tired of them making them, uh, give them flights and and accommodations and access to these big stars just so they can be kissed up to. It's literally like taking the person who was the biggest nobody in your school and that person finally gets power and he wants everybody to kiss his pinky ring. This is pretty much what this is. He's like, I now have the power and all the cheerleaders and all the jocks and all the popular kids and all the band kids that you didn't accept me. You're going to accept me now. I could never hang out with Brad Pitt. I could never hang out with Angelina Jolie. I could never hang out with Julia Roberts or Will Smith or Oprah Winfrey. But because you want my award, oh, guess what? Give me an all-expense paid flight to Paris, first class in the best hotels, wine and dine me, take pictures with me, you know, so I can put it on the gram and maybe my vote will go your way. This is what Hollywood is tired of. This is what the studios are upset about. So they decided, ooh, this is a great time with all this going on in society with the Black Lives Matter movement and so forth and so on. This is an easy way to kind of pin this on them and then the outrage that will come out because no one can argue this has been going on and this organization has been around for, you know, all these years. And it's got all these members and not one person of color. That's easy for everybody to get behind. And guess what happens? People start piling on. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, my God, how dare you? But you're trying to tell me for the last 20 some odd years, you didn't recognize that there was nobody in that room that was darker than Santa Claus? And Come so
0: on, to me, precisely, Marcus, I think I've tipped, I've already talked about tipping my hand on that one. In my opinion, this is neither a race nor a diversity issue. This is a power issue. And if, if, if the studios and the PR agencies that are big and are impacted by this, if they're asking for the Golden Globes to change, which is actually what they were doing. So this, I think this got to... Uh, the tipping point because they said the changes that they were advocating for weren't going to happen fast enough. So they were actually going to change. They just they weren't changing fast enough to the timelines that maybe the studios and the PR agencies thought they should. So they should continue to be in bed with them. So my question to that is what have you done? So, you being the studios and the PR agencies, right? Because change doesn't happen in, uh, in isolation, there needs to be a micro effect for change for the micro things to be impactful. And so what that means to me is if all the studios changed and all of them actually executed in the diverse diversity initiatives and the inclusion and the equity initiatives that they're all talking about, we wouldn't have to talk about this. And to me, that's being fair, right? Because if everybody around in the system changes and the Golden Globes, HFPA was the only one standing, they wouldn't really have a choice. When I think back to NBC and them deciding to put this off the air, you know, and losing millions of dollars in advertising money and obviously some airtime and some ratings that come with that, why they're able to sell advertising. To me, that was a very calculated move by NBC to get ahead of a potential issue that the PR agencies were sure as hell going to fan, right? So it's the Golden Globes, you know, is this really a a big matter? Is it a big issue? I say to an extent it is, but it's not, in my opinion, any more pressing than the overall systemic issues around diversity and equity and control and power that we have on a broader scale, you know, in society, you know, that you know, the issues that stem from these big institutions that supported all systems and the status quo in an environment that, it's changing faster than they would like to change, and that's forcing them to change in ways that they don't want to change, right? So that's for the studios, for creators. But you
1: know what, BT, real quick, if I can, if I, if I can interject one quick thing, NBC, NBC didn't just do this because they wanted to. They care about ratings. What hurts is when you have Netflix, who's now winning awards left oh. and right, are like, oh, we're pulling all of our people out. And guess what? Because everybody wants to be on the right side of history, even if you got on the right side one second before the whole thing cr- crumbled, you're like, Oh, I was on the right side of history. So, all these other people jump ship too and say, Well, we support that, we support that, and everybody jumps on. And it was very easy to make this whole thing about race. You know, the, the Hollywood Foreign Press had an eight term president, Philip Burke, and he called Black Lives Matter a racist hate movement.
0: Oh, I, okay. I, I, when so that's that strike. I read about. It. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's strike one, right? And then you get another member of the press, of the for, of Hollywood foreign press, and they ask Oscar winner Daniel Kaluuya, "Oh, what it, what was it oh. like to be directed by Regina King? So now all black people look alike." And let me just tell you, Daniel Kaluuya and Leslie Odom Jr. look absolutely nothing alike at all. I, I and probably they're completely
0: look like. different movies too. Completely right? so different, not.
1: like. It's ridiculous, man. I mean, it's like one night in Miami,
0: and um, yeah, but it
1: don't stop there. So they try try to do. They they say they're gonna do right. We're gonna make these changes. We want to do all these things. So they hire a diversity strategist, and they're like, "Hey, you know what? Help us fix our ways. We don't know why, but Sean Harper, who was brought in as a diversity strategist, quit the job, and we don't know why he quit it. We don't know why, but we know something didn't go right." And then on top of that, they're like, we're going to make these changes. We're going to make these changes. But you're not going to make changes now. You're not going to make changes that's not going to go into effect for 18 months. So all these people who've been doing all this wrongdoing, and that's the other thing, too, that we haven't mentioned yet, uh, BT. The whole problem is people have been stealing money. They've been getting money from these studios and pocketing cash and keeping all this money. And I think the studios is like, you've been pimping us all these years. And we finally got a way to take back the narrative, to take back the power. These studios don't want the Golden Globes to go away. No, no, no. These publicists are tired of these quote unquote journalists just getting to be heavy handed and get their way. And they are say, Ooh, we got a way. Because the worst thing you can be called right now is a racist. So we're going to say, because you, you got a couple of instances that makes you look really racist. So we're going to use this, this race card that guess what? The black folk ain't really the ones calling for. Now, is there Ava DuVernay and all these people talking about what has been done wrong? Of course they are, because they've been been hurt by what has been wrong. But the change that's taking place and the upheaval that's taking place is not because Ava DuVernay said something. It's not because Shonda Rhimes said something. That ain't why it's happening.
0: These things have been
1: happening, and we've been saying it for years. Go, um, Go ahead, man.
0: No, I say, I was just supporting the point. I'm agreeing with you here. I actually thought we'd have a lot of disagreement because I I didn't, when I looked into this, it did not seem to me like a race diversity issue at all. I think it's really just that the HFPA became so strong that it started elbowing the studios and elbowing the PR agencies in ways that they didn't like, right? And then also you you mentioned Netflix and this is not, I have no affiliation to Netflix whatsoever, so this is a very sincere statement. Netflix is really challenging some of the norms in so many ways, right? They've disrupted um, traditional television like we know it. Um, really, we can say Netflix was the tipping point for this when They reached out to HFPA and said, we're not going to deal with this anymore, right? So I just wanted to kind of level seven that show
1: but in all fairness let's let's be honest i mean because i want to be i don't want anybody to say we're trying to like protect somebody and attack someone else every studio cbs fox nbc uh warner brothers uh netflix amazon apple anybody who has a studio let me be clear they all benefited
0: Yes, necessary. And they've all played it. They've all played the game. They all all played the game. Right. And
1: I think they got tired of playing it. And now, do I think that there's a lot of racial issues that's going on? Please find me a segment of any society where that doesn't exist. So, yes, it does. What I'm not saying, I'm not saying that those things are not things that needed to be addressed. They do. They did. They will probably continue to. What I don't want our, our listeners to be confused by. Is that is not, <laughs> that is not, in all caps, N-O-T, that is not the tipping point, And this is not why these publicists decided to wake up one morning and say, you know what? It's just too many white people in here. It's no people of color. It's not. That has nothing to do with it. It's not vilifying anybody. It's just calling 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 a spade a spade. That's the truth. It had nothing to do with it. This is the publicist's way of shaming the Hollywood foreign press into saying, you're going to now give up some of that power you had, and this is the way we're going to do it. And we couldn't beat you any other way, but we're going to beat you in a court of public opinion, and we're going to shame you into making some changes, and now the power no longer resides in your hands. That's what
0: this is about. I mean, these are monsters they created, right? And you juxtapose that against the fact that you now have a much more informed public that just demands for them to be a part of a solution that they celebrate in in just in in every way. I think that's really what this, um, you know concept of being woke is like they, they throw it around like I know it's becoming very cheapened in politics like, oh, woke and woke this is like being woke is just being informed. It's just being empowered. Like, what's the problem with that? Right. So I'm really all about that. You know, I'm saying that, you know, people now have options, you know, which, in my opinion, is really. <laughs> the critical thing here where they're like, yeah, you know what? We're not watching the Golden Globes anymore. It doesn't mean this. We're not the Oscars. We're not going to watch it as much. It doesn't mean this. We'll rather watch something where I watch this or watch that. People have options. So they have to make these things relevant. And I think we started talking about, you know, the cancel culture as well. I, I I'm still struggling and maybe Marcus, you can help me with this. I'm, I'm still struggling to understand what the issue is with with cancel culture, because to me, that's the ultimate form of, you know, feedback right? It, it's it's kind of branded around like it's a bad thing, you know, the whole concept of it, you know, you, you get... That's feedback. Somebody took the time to listen to what you you did or what you said or watch your show or whatever and to decide, hey, this thing you did offended me and I don't want to deal with it anymore, so bye. I, I'm struggling to see what this whole issue around that is. And as it relates to the Golden Globes, this is something that's been happening slowly anyways, that, you know, whether it's being woke or whether it's being canceled, I know this, I listened to another podcast. Um I'm not going to give the guy any kind of free press yet because it's, I, I just, I disagree with just about the premise of his arguments. If he made Genuine central arguments, or opinions about things. I wouldn't mind mentioning it. But if you go search Golden Gloves, if you listen on Spotify or whatever, if you search, Golden Gloves. He's probably going to be one of those to come in. But, you know, he was all about this woke and cancel culture and the leftists are doing this. And this is the issue with sending kids to school. Instead of paying 80 grand for college, you should just give to your kids and not send them to college because they're getting indoctrinated and all of that. But to me, it's like, what? You know, what are you talking <laughs> about? Right. So I, I don't Have know. Have you ever Muggies, noticed this? that
1: the people who talk about cancel culture the most are probably the people who are most in need of being canceled. Have you noticed that? I mean, because they, they make the most outlandish comments. Here, here's my thoughts on cancel culture. And I, I, you know, I see ads all over the city from Fox News saying it. I, look, here's, here's my thing. You're only canceled if you deserve to be canceled. Not always, but more times than not. I would actually say it should be called paused culture. You've been put on pause because there's some things that you do or say that is so egregious or offensive that you need to be put in timeout. Now, do you have to be canceled? No. You're only canceled if you don't change your ways and your mindset. If you continue to spew hate, uh, racist, sexist, homophobic, any of those types of ways, you deserve to be put. Yeah, bigoted, any of those isms. You need to be put in a corner with a dunce hat, and people need to know. That you need some time to think about your actions. If you come out of that corner and you're still spewing the same ignorant things, then guess what? (laughs) You deserve to be canceled. And if you need examples of cancel, because most people don't want to go on a limb, I could give you names. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous how we have become so entitled. And if nothing else, this whole thing with the Hollywood Foreign Press and the Golden Globe show is as liberal as conservatives would have you think. Hollywood is, and they call it Hollyweird, it's still the same people. It's still yeah, and, and, a hierarchy. And that's, it's still that's, a corporation. The tri-
0: <laughs> that's the trifecta. And you talk about the liberal Hollywood and the leftists and how they put it in the media. I don't want to say the media because that I hate the way they use that as if the media, some two people locked up in a room, right? But sometimes how is how is painted sometimes? in some sort of press. I'm not going to use the media in this one. They make you seem like Hollywood has none of these issues, right? You, you go back and look at it. When you started, the Me Too, <laughs> Oscar So White, Time's Up, like these issues are fundamentally arising in Hollywood, which is supposed to be this free-flowing, weird, anything fly. So these issues exist, and they exist because of in my opinion, and again, I'm really pushing this thing away from race. I'm really pushing it away from diversity and I'm going more towards the side of empowerment. How do you select the folks that win? How do you identify? How do you select the folks
1: that get to pick who wins? That's, that's more important. Like if I am a six year old, right. And I'm in a room and there's a whole bunch of different age of people here. In all likelihood, that six year old is going to gravitate towards a six year old. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm from America, I probably am going to watch more American. Well, I know people watch American movies from everywhere, but that's my point. Like maybe if I'm French, and there's one super great French movie, I'm going to be more, pr- pr- you know, prone to give that movie that that award because that's 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 my spectrum. That's where I'm at. I think the thing is, is when you have all of a uh, very homogeneous selection pool, where it's just all of these same type of people deciding who win, how many of those viewers watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? like really watched it? That may not even be something they would have even considered watching. How many of them genuinely watch One Night in Miami? And let's pretend that it's not about, let's take out the the black, because those are black films. How many of these smaller films, like maybe Nomadland, maybe they're, not be, they're not, they not—they don't have a big machine behind them. I think Nomad did come from a major studio, but maybe you got a, a film that's the little engine that could, that just through a grassroots campaign, millions and millions and millions of dollars were spent watching it, but you didn't come from a major studio, so I can't afford to wine and dine you and dine you and and fly you out to New York, L.A., London. I can't give you free tickets. I didn't have a big star in the movie. There's no Julia Roberts in this movie. There's no Morgan Freeman or George Clooney in this movie. It's just John Doe and, and Jessica Smith and Demetrius Jackson. And so you don't know those people. You're not pressed to take a picture with them like you are the uh, Iron Man, who's Robert Downey Jr., or Henry Cavill, who's Superman. I don't. They're not somebody that you're gravitating towards and you want to put on a gram so your kids can get a lot of views. That's what makes it unfair. So for anybody's listening, if anybody listen who has the power, I'm going to do some, uh, something I've never done. I'm going to sit here and do a little self-promotion uh, for me and BT here. If you guys can't find any people of color, if y'all can't find any black people to put on your, uh, on your board, we here. We're talking about movies. We're fair. We're open-minded. If you can't find them, we're putting our name in the hat. Ben Tubo, Marcus Moore, call us the Golden Globes. Call us Hollywood Foreign Press. We have just <laughs> as many credentials as they do, if not more. So if you can't find them, we're letting you know we're interested. You got to make some changes. You Because I don't want to be a part of anything where we're just, you know, just, just some number that you just throwing in there just so you can meet a quota. But if you need someone with a diverse way of thinking, if you want to have somebody who can, who's worked in corporate America in the entertainment industry, hey we're here for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think I think Marcus what you said absolutely spot on. The addition I'll make to that is the analogy to sports, which is really what makes this whole thing rotten. The ability for the little engine that could to actually come up, right? The independence and the creators who borrow from anybody in the family to do a, a shoot for and actually puts out like great work, and they have nothing else to go around. Like, give these folks a chance. Actually, have a mechanism that allows the awards to go to the well deserved recipients. Right. And I'll tie that back to the comment I made about the concentration of power in Hollywood, which is something that started from time immemorial. Uh, Well, from whenever Hollywood was created and how it kind of morphed into what it is today, is that it's really always been about power. It's really always been about, it increasingly on, almost always became about power and about control. There's a lot of creativity around here, right? So let's not make it seem like this none of that happens. A lot of soft things, there's a lot of great people. But the way the business works, and because the business is not clean and There's actually data I I read. There's a book. um, I think it's the book's called The Biz by Sheila Moore, fifth edition. It says 80% of films lose money. Right. And so for the folks who make a living off of creating movies and TV shows, and because most of the time they lose money, when you have an opportunity to insert yourself and to be influential and to control the narrative in a way that gives you free buzz and free, you know, advertising and PR and what have you, so you could get more money. Because we all do watch, we all may take a second look at a movie that wins an Oscar, like or a Golden Globe, or an Emmy, like or a TV show that wins. We we all get a second look at those things. And every time you take a look, it gives you more money. You know, so the, the full scope of the argument is that. The engine itself is not efficient. Let's just say that's the crude argument. It's just not efficient, right? So as we talk through these things and bloviate about Golden Globes, this, diversity, that, race, and uh, NBC, and the studios, and the PR agencies, the real need is the necessity to disrupt is not a word that I like to use very much the necessity to poke at the status quo that worked and continues to work just for certain parts and certain segments of industries or of people, right? Because now that people are woke, and I use that with air quotes, now that people are woke, now that people can cancel you and now that you have to listen to them, it's necessary that there's more efficiency. It's necessary that you can run a a survey like the NBA All-Star Game where they do online voting and they'll vote. They'll vote for the most part and they'll give the fans, what, 50% of the voice. They'll give coaches another percentage of the voice. to to, You know what I mean? So I, I think that's really what this whole issue boils down to. It's the status quo. In this case, unfortunately, stopped working for the old guard It became too expensive for the old guard. It became too prohibitive for the old guard. And really, they're getting jabbed right now because they wanted to change. But make no mistakes. If the change takes it back to what works for the old guard, so be it. And if the old guard, and I'm talking the studios and the PR agencies, if they themselves are not changing fast enough within their own corporations, I don't know what in the first place gives them the the voice to go ask somebody else to change because God knows they're all a work in progress and it will forever be a work in progress. This is not something that's um, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a shot that you take and you get a hit and you've solved it. you know, uh, voice, you know, agency, diversity, all these dimensions are forever going to change. So if they all commit to the change, I think that really in my opinion, gets to the heart of this issue with the Golden Globes. And this is a, it's, it's, a, it's an industry culture thing that just intersects with other cultures and subcultures within the industry. But to me, very, very long summary <laughs> of this whole conversation. To me, they all need to look at this from a very high level and take accountability and responsibility of the roles that they've played and how they can move this forward in a way that is going to have more. There's no reason why you have um 85 people or 90 people or what have you solving world issues and you know looking at Man, uh,
1: I, think about like this, BT. Is there any place that you can work in, in Los Angeles or work in any major city? Or work I mean, because I mean there's places if you live in certain towns and it's just like you don't have a lot of diversity there, maybe if you live somewhere in Montana or something like that. I get it. I, I understand that. If you live in an inner city, you might be in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood or a predominantly Asian neighborhood or a predominantly black or white, whatever. But in corporate America, and for something as diverse and, and liberal, supposedly, as Hollywood is, whether it's the foreign press or not, how is it that you got a room filled with people, almost a hundred people, and they all are one thing for the better part of a quarter of a century. So even though this whole thing may not have happened because of race, you can't say that it's not races adjacent.
0: <laughs> no, you, can. really you can't. Really fa- can't it's, show.
1: It's like a country club that you just said, you, you cannot tell me you could not find one black journalist over the course of 25 years. And I'm even going to go as far as to say, because I know people say, well, what if they did have three? Would you still be upset?
0: Let, let me ask you this and before we can get to, we can round up and not choke the life out of the Golden Globes and not give them a chance to be uncanceled, just made up that word. But let me ask you this. If somebody were to ask you, how do you move forward for, from here on their behalf? What, what would you say? I think you would say the
1: same thing that I would tell a, a, a child. If, my, if a child did something to a, a friend and they hit him, and then they was like, well, what would you tell that child? The first thing you do is you admit your wrongdoing. You say, I'm sorry that I did such and such. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't sweep it under the rug. You acknowledge the wrongdoing. If you did all this dirt in public, because you basically have had no problems, you know, gallivanting all these people out to all these different events with no people of color. You didn't mind doing that in the public. So don't, don't, don't try to apologize in private you come out and you do the following. You say, hey, we recognize that we had a blind spot. And it is shameful that it has lasted this long. And it's even more shameful that it took all of these events for us to make some changes. Though we said we were gonna make some changes, we now readily admit that an 18 month time frame is just inexcusable for something that has happened for so long, for the better part of a quarter of a century we can do better we will do better and here's how we will do better going forward we're going to have x number we're going to we're going to we're not going to strive we're going to create a fair playing field where we're going to have not just more black people because we're not the only race out here that's been wronged i'm sure we're going to have more Asian representation, more Hispanic representation, more female representation, more LGBTQ representation, and a, and a group that's always overlooked, more disabled representation. these We're all a part of this process. I would go as far as to say this. More than even anybody in a political um, engine, whether you're a politician or whatever, there is no facet. I really believe this. There is no facet of our world that has more influence than the entertainment industry. I, I believe that more than any president, oh, no, any absolutely. senator, any governor, When if, if, if Michael Jordan wags his tongue and wears a certain shoe, there are billions of people who want to wag their tongue out and wear that shoe. If Madonna's out here wearing a certain thing in the 80s, everybody wanted to wear that. When Michael Jackson wanted to wear a glove, people wanted to wear a glove pop culture, entertainment, more changes our views, not only on who we are, but who our fellow man and our fellow, uh, you know, uh, fellow woman, our fellow friend, our fellow neighbor, it changes your perception. And so forgive me if I'm getting a little bit on my high horse, and I don't mean to make the entertainment seem like it's the all, all world of everything, but it has a greater responsibility to me it's like when you see these teachers and they're teaching something or they're treating a child bad in the education system, we must hold them to a higher standard because you're influencing the lives of so many people that that you could you know irrevocably harm in some way so I do believe that the entertainment industry the motion picture industry the the music the TV you have a a you have a responsibility that we should all hold them accountable for to represent the faces that buys tickets, that buys albums, that goes to concerts, that turns on the television or watch it on the streaming network. You, you owe us that. That is, that is like a contract that we have with you because you make billions. The largest industry in the entire world is the, mo- is, is the motion picture industry. It is the largest industry, the most profitable industry in the world, and we all contribute to it. so you do not get to take my dollar and then silence my voice or silence my uh, my uh, my ability to have my voice heard to the masses and to get awards is awards everything no, but there's so many times that people of color women like when you hear oh my god the the um uh, Chloe Zhao from uh, Nomad Land. She's the second female director of the. Like, what? She, what? All the years that movies have been out, you telling me there's only been two women that deserve to be best director?
0: Are you Nobody me? asked what was going on. Nobody
1: out? ever thought, like, you know, like, you do realize that there's more women than men. Like, seriously, like, you're trying to tell me that only two women were as good or better than men? Every time I hear this is the first black winner of this, this is the first eight. I'm like, in 2021? And you want to talk about race cards and you want to talk about things that change since Obama and uh, Martin Luther King is one of the most revered people and we've come so far, but yet you got a club in 2021 that will tell you what's the best films in the world. Because it's not America. It's the Hollywood foreign play. So they do international films too. You're telling me that that's going to represent us is all 100 almost just the same kind of people? Do better, people.
0: Yeah. So uh, to that, uh, uh, let me add this. So it used to be called Hollywood Foreign Correspondents Association. It got changed to the Foreign Press Association, and it's a representation. It represents journalists, I think they said, from 55 countries who report on Hollywood and entertainment globally, right? So if if you ask me for a change, the one change that to me is important is to kind of dilute the concentration of power. So I'll just change the name to Hollywood Press Association, right? to include anybody that reports on it, including the college kids who have an actual blog or they have a review portal for films who actually report on it and report on it religiously to have a voice. I think if you look at I think uh, basketball does that for the Hall of Fame, what they give again, it's not enough journalists. It's always concentrated with you know, a, a limited, in my opinion, not enough people saying, as you know, technology has allowed a whole lot more media to be out there. So I think those numbers need to go up. But in my opinion, that's the critical change that needs to happen. If you want to have a board of people who oversee the process of making sure that you know all the representatives are not members, internal members, so they can oversee that process, I say that's where you start. But if you do that and you democratize in a certain way, you obviously can't just open it up to an indefinite amount of, of folks who cover it because there's some people who obviously do it out of the glitz and the glamour of the industry and not... Spend as much time digging into it and actually doing the work. So, you don't just want to open it up and let any kind of person, I just want to say lazy worker, lazy journalist, or whatever you come in, but I don't need to say that. If you can open it up like that and democratize it and kind of blow up that power structure that facilitates, you know, the cajoling or. whatever you want to call it, that's become this problem. I'd say that's the change that you think about before you run into uh, diversity, before you run into race, before you run into everything. I say you start with equity and then you layer on those other things. But starting with equity you know, attacks all those dimensions, you know, of race, you know, of disability and veterans and LGBTQ and, you know, all the different dimensions that you want to consider as diverse. If you're equitable, you give agency to all those dimensions so when they're actually there, they can participate and contribute in a way that actually lifts the voice and actually brings on all these different movies and all these different creatives that need to be a part of the conversation but that are priced out you know, off the conversation. So Marcus, closing words, I know we're pushing up on time here. Um, yeah. Um, Closing. Well, we
1: don't have a score. There's no score. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So what, what I, so what I will say and I'll, I'll make it brief. I just think this is not canceling. I think it's not a bad thing. If they wanted 18 months to make changes, then let's give them a year to not make any money on these award shows and let them really come up with an articulated plan to do better. Um, You clearly didn't care about doing better for the last almost a hundred years you've been doing it. Um, You thought it was okay to take another 18 months to turn this around. So in my opinion, this is not cancel culture. This This is pressing pause to see what you will do with the time allotted to see if you can make course corrections. So I think the Golden Globes, is it worth saving? It is. Is there too many awards for famous people and, and stuff in entertainment? There is. There is. Um, there's that we don't have, we don't televise teachers and doctors and all those kind of things. But I do recognize we need escapism and I'm not saying their work isn't important. So I think the Golden Globes should be saved. I think they need to take this time and reevaluate. I think they need to have some people who represent, who they represent in these films. Um, and all those different subgroups—well, not subgroups, but groups—that I spoke of earlier—from disabled to to women to people of color to whatever the case may be, uh, LGBTQ—they uh, need to be able to have a voice as well. And not only on just like you don't get credit because you awarded wins. We want to have. We should have a seat in every sector. You know, people say, "Oh, well, there's athletes. Well, why can't we be owners? Why can't we be board of trustees? Why do we only have to be worker bees?" We should have a voice because we all buy tickets. So take this year to come up with a plan, bring in subject, subject matter experts, correct your ways. And if you don't, then you need to be like the dinosaurs and, be, and become extinct. That's, that's it. So that's my thoughts. So Okay, BT. Was that too harsh?
0: You like that sound like No, ass. no. I just I enjoyed the <laughs> reference to the dinosaurs. <laughs> but that's really it really feels like that sometimes, right? My, my closing thoughts, the bigger heart to me as I looked into this and tried to understand what was happening is that this is really not about the in my opinion, let me preface, in my opinion, it's not about diversity. It's not about race. It's not about equity. I think to me, it just seemed like an engine that was running away from a runaway train without a conductor. The conductor stepped out, the train started running, and they all started following it, but the train was just picking up too much speed and they couldn't control it. So they called out, you know, 911 and the fire alarms, and this is what we're seeing. So to me, the bigger haz I looked into it is that it wasn't that. But the other side of it that I talk about, I mentioned it already, is that the studios and the PR agencies and all the players in this ecosystem, they need to look at themselves. And and I'm going to give the studios a lot of credit here. I know we talk about this and we, we, we speak to the issues because they're real and they're raw when it comes to diversity, when it comes to culture, when it comes to equity. We speak We speak about them in a raw way, and sometimes it comes across as like we don't see, at least I feel sometimes like I don't speak enough to the efforts that I see and uh, the change that is trying to be made. There's a lot that's being done. There's a lot of effort that's being put in. The outcomes are not quite there yet because a lot of these initiatives that we're seeing in Hollywood and they're announcing one all the studios have something going on. They're trying hard. They see what the problem is. They're trying to solve for it. And I think that's the route you go first before you earn the right to go ask somebody else to fix the house. If they decide that the Golden Globes, and I'm saying they, NBC, um, you know, we can say that the PR agencies and the studios obviously were all on board with this as Netflix has sent them a letter and, you know, they've, they've all talked about it. If they decide they don't want to go this route, and they're not going to be working with them going forward for a year, two years, three years, what have you. But they take that same energy internally within their organizations and look at their um, the decision makers and look at the projects that they put out and look at all of these things with the same lens that they're looking at the Hollywood Free Press Association. I think the outcomes are ultimately going to be the same. So two things. It's not about race. It's not about diversity. In my opinion, it's a power struggle. And use the same energy internally within your organizations. And I'm caveating that to say a lot of the studios are trying really hard. I'm repeating myself because this is very true in what I've seen, in what I've read, and in what I know. A lot of the studios are trying really hard. But that's where you start before you go outside to impact what somebody else is doing. That's my thought. No, I,
1: I I think that's really great. You said that there's two sides to every coin. Um, sometimes it takes some radical action to see some incremental change. Um, I just hope these incremental steps will lead to big changes, and and hopefully, as as entertainment industry has done so many times, it will become a looking glass for us to kind of see our reflections, and maybe it'll help us as a society do much better. And it starts with them because they're the ones who push out these images for who we are. And so hopefully it will be the start of something great. So with all that being said, um, thank you all for riding on this journey with us tonight and uh, today or whatever time you're listening to it. And um, we look forward to the next time. Uh, BT, you want to give them uh, a couple things, a couple handles for them to follow us on?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So again, um, Culture scores is a Speak Studio Regional Speak Studios, is uh, a podcasting platform that's really created to amplify voices and to give agency to the voices that you typically don't hear. Um, you can check it out at speak.studio um, just to check out the website and all the other podcasts that we have on there. Culture Score is an original on there, so there's going to be a point where you pretty much be able to use to find us on that app. Wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, um, please download follow like leave us reviews um get in touch with us We're on social media at speak.studio d-o-t in the middle so it's all spelled out and speak.studio. marcus's handle is so the marcus so the t-h-e marcus t more m-o-o-r-e and my handle is at tubo b t-u-b-u-o-b-e again thanks for listening um This is Culture Score. Until next time, uh, peace.